What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scripts. Episode 245. We are booking, bro. Cranking and rolling. All right. So we're about a week removed from our fight now. Um, obviously, things didn't go my way, but for some reason, I, I this is like... This is like the lightest I've felt in a very long time. And not to bore guys with this. I know I think we touched on this a little bit last week. Um, just since 2019 when I got my first surgery with my wrist. I mean, I've had surgeries before that. But when I had my first surgery with that, that was like the most recent one. I fought, Pedro, I fought Jimmy Rivera, then I fought Pedro Munoz. I knew my wrist was getting bad, deteriorating. I got the surgery. I was out for a year. I came back pretty much right into a camp. So from that whole time doing PT, because obviously if you're partying, you're drinking the whole time, it slows down your recovery. So I wasn't really able to 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 do that, to enjoy the W's as much. So from there to San Hagen, then to the Jan fight, um, I was supposed to fight Jan, then the fight got pushed back, my neck issues, then Jan pulled out of the fight, so delays, delays, delays. So it's just constant training camp, start, stop, start, stop. So it's like a mental and physical roller coaster that you have to try to make sure you're peaking at the right time, not overtraining and things like that. So with that being said, then I go into the Yan fight. We all know how crazy that was. The knee, everyone thought I was acting. I'm out for a year with surgery again. This time my neck, thinking my career is over. So the whole time I'm grinding, trying to get back. So just imagine grinding for a year. Like, yeah, you could party a little bit, but at the same time, you're kind of like, well, there's only so much I could do because I don't want to give my body diminishing return to slow down my recovery. Because at that point, everyone hated me, thought I was milking just to have the belt. I'm like, dude, man, I'm, I'm actually legitimately hurt. I've been hurt for a very long time, and I've just been sucking it up and competing. So, like I said, long story short, this is the lightest I felt in a long time. Stress-free. I legit don't have anyone calling my phone, talking about a potential fight date, talking about when they want me to get back, any type of timeline. I don't have to do another surgery. Thank, thank God. I, this is this is the this is the best downtime that I've ever had, and I I feel like I just feel like a big burden off my shoulders. Win or lose. Obviously, I would have liked to have gone out with the wind and then take my vacation and still would have felt the same. But, you know, it is what it is. I made good money. I'm happy about the opportunity. I had an, a chance to do something that I don't think any other UFC champion has ever done in, in terms of the turnaround and coming out of a five-round... I don't, I don't want to use the, war, the word war because when I think of war, I'm thinking like Dan Henderson, Shogun Hua. I'm thinking Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner. Like, those are wars. John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson won. That's a war. I had a very competitive and painful scrap with Henry Udo, went the distance, and then to make a turnaround like that, to go do something, you know, to, to, to chase a dream, to chase a goal, and to take out the biggest name in my division right now in the States. I took a shot. Obviously, I came up short um, for technical reasons. That, you know, I, I saw something that I, I actually didn't in, and I got caught. I got caught from a beautiful setup. 
Um, and I don't want to call it a setup, a beautiful, a beautiful counter, you know, because I, I don't want to say like the guy knew I was going to run in, but I, I have shown that tendency in the past that sometimes I'll push forward and even going into this, I knew that was something I couldn't do, but somehow uh, I just kind of drew a blank in that second because I thought I saw whatever, thought I saw something. Sean did a great job. He capitalized. And uh, so that's why I don't like using the word caught because they knew that was something. But I don't also don't want to say they set it up knowing like, hey, he's going to come forward now. Because definitely I don't think it was like that, at least in my opinion. I don't know what him and his team thinks, but um, that's how I felt. So just just saying, like, I feel good, man. Life's good. So I, I, I've been getting a lot of texts, and I still got a ton of DMs I got to get through. Um, if I just like it, guys, don't don't hate me. Uh, there's just so many messages and personal texts that I've gotten that I had to actually take time to respond to. Um, so, like, the fans and, and whatnot, like, obviously we don't have, like, a deep connection in the sense that we have a personal interaction. Um, so just don't hate me for just giving it a like. I, at least I read it. You know what I mean? I, I think that's cool that I'm even taking the time to, to read people's messages and things like that. So, uh, thank you for the love and support, man. It's It's been um, cool to see the kind of turnaround that people are actually starting to see my real personality, even though I don't think um, I, I really am saying or doing anything different than I have. Yeah, I've talked shit. I talk shit to my opponents. That's just the name of the game. I promote the fight. That's what I do with everybody. But I think people are now starting to actually listen to my words as opposed to ignoring what I'm saying because they, they think my run was very um, fluky or whatever. I mean, even if you want to say my run has been fluky, I, that's a pretty damn good fluke at the highest level to have fluke wins over some really badass motherfuckers that fight. And you know what I mean? So to say it's a fluke, it's it's a weird thing to to describe a fight if I'm using my style to neutralize my opponent and win the best way that I could possibly win. Um, but with that being said, people are going to always have their opinions and I can't do anything about that. All I can do is do me compete as best as I compete and hopefully the fight goes my way. And obviously the last one didn't. Um, I'm kind of liking the green hair though. I, I, I kind of feel like the Riddler slash green lantern and it, it kind of gives me my Caribbean Jamaican vibes with the green and obviously Boston was green as well, so it kind of just worked. So I'm thinking like fight week, this might be something that I do going forward. So I don't know. Let me let me know what you guys think in the comments for sure. Cause I I like the look. I think it's pretty different. Um, there's not a lot of guys coming out with just green hair, green braids. I'm not dying it. I got some green hair actually in my hair, and it's actually making the hair hold up. I'm clearly not training and sweating as much as I was before, so it's lasting a bit longer. Um, but yeah, man, as, like I said, I, I, I don't feel any regrets for taking the fight, taking the opportunity, like, but let's call it what it is. This, that fight was stacked to the gills in O'Malley's favor to win. And I think I did a pretty damn good job of trying to drown out the noise, focus on me, focus on the things that I could control and put myself and give myself the best opportunity to win. I just came up short, you know? It wasn't like I got beat down. If I got beat down and I was mentally out of it, then it's a different conversation. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I don't feel there was any inadequacy in skill level or, well, obviously in the counter department, but 
in skill level in terms of the striking and the fight IQ, um, there was clearly a discrepancy in patience, though. Patience, for sure. If I just I had just taken my time, I could have legitimately just fought five rounds like I did the first round. And I think the fans rightfully would have been more mad at Sean as a striker if the fight predominantly stays on the feet and to not really be opening up and taking chances. And that's where I kind of dropped the ball because eventually he would have had to have come to me. And uh, I, I think I could have did a better job, a much better job of staying patient and staying true within myself. But it is what it is, man. You live and you learn. You can't win them all. I've had a good run, and I think there's more good times to come, um, of course. And with that being said, um, I, I think there's a couple fun matchups for O'Malley. I think, obviously, they got the Cheetos timeline with the, the storyline, I should say, with the loss, the, the perennial, peronial nerve. Um, the fight only lasting like three, maybe four minutes. I don't think it was even four minutes. I think three minutes. I, that's an interesting one because I think Cheeto's very stationary, which Sean likes. He likes to just throw one-off shots and kind of move move around, pick apart his opponents until he can land that kill shot. I don't know if he's doing that to Cheeto. Cheeto's got a hell of a chain and really good defense. He'll probably be able to chop down Cheeto's legs and attack the body, but I, I just can't see him really hurting him because Cheeto doesn't tend to, he doesn't tend to run into anything. He stays grounded. Um, he picks his shots. He's planted and rooted into the ground when he's fighting. But I think a guy who's very mobile like Sean is going to be very hard for Cheeto to hit and kind of corner and cut him off. So that would be the interesting part in that that matchup. But honestly, guys, Corey Sanhagen's hurt. Umar Namagomedov's hurt. Marab is recovering. Um, Henry Ceuto is healing up, and he should be good to go. So out of those guys, I think there's only one name that comes to mind. And that's Aljamain Sterling in the rematch. <laughs> no, no. All jokes aside, though, I think if I don't get the immediate rematch, and I, I don't want to fight. If they were offering me that immediate rematch for, like, December, I'm going to just have to respectfully decline. Um, but if they were to do it early next year, like January, February, I would accept it in a heartbeat. But if I'm not going to get the rematch, the next guy in line has to be Marab Devashvili. Has to be. Number one contender. Um, I don't think any other matchup makes more sense than him. Clearly, the other guys are on the sideline. They're hurt. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the UFC actually does. But I think that is the most logical matchup. Whether or not that's a fun fight for the fans, I don't know. I think it's another interesting matchup with a guy who can get takedowns over and over and over again and exhaust his opponents. I mean, look what he did with Jan. Look how the fight with Jan and, and O'Malley went. Um, it just makes things interesting. And then obviously my fight with uh, Sean until it was over, it, it it leaves a lot of interesting questions to be answered. And I think it'd be a great opportunity for Marab to get a title shot and to become the first Georgian champion. You know, so I, I think that'd be huge for him and his country. It'd be huge for us and our team. And of course, that would put me in limbo. I know people are going to be like, well, what does that leave you, Aljo? I don't know. Um, maybe I stick around at 35 and take like a fight or two and then maybe I explore 45 or maybe I just go right to 45. It just really depends. Let's just see how things shape up before we just kind of start jumping to conclusions and, and getting all crazy with all this other stuff. 
And by the way, this podcast is brought to you by Nerd Focus and Funk Harbor. We are coming to stores soon. We got a couple of things we got to tighten up with the label, and then we'll get the clearance. We can submit to TTB and Cola, and we'll be off to the races. I'm hoping, projecting that we should have everything like done up to the nine, where it's just ready to go, print and press, rinse and repeat um, for production, hopefully September. Hopefully. Um, but I got to get on that. I got to do my part. But at the same time, I kind of want to take vacation and just kind of chill. So I got to find that work-life balance right now um, in this separate venture from fighting. But like I was saying, I, I think Marab makes the most sense. That would be a very interesting fight. Uh, I think Sean will pose some problems with the striking. I'm not going to lie based on the, the footwork and the movement that Sean has. But I do think Marab is a – he has shown to be very, very patient – and that, I think, is the key to beating a guy like Sean. And we knew that going in with my fight preparing for him. It's the, the guys he highlights are the guys that run forward or the guys that just walk forward. They're just plotty, stationary, linear. There's no side-to-side angles. There's no feints. There's no footwork. And I think that's where Marab can make things very tricky for uh, Sean to deal with because again for his stuff to work he has to come forward and when you come forward you give the grappler an opportunity to grab you lock your hands and do really really good stuff in their favor where Sean has the reach he has the height we can see him I can see him trying to stay long and just throw like front kicks the whole time calf kicks the whole time long jabs um, one twos the, the same way he pretty much was trying to fight me but I think that style only works, as we saw. Like, the first round was non-eventful. Is that on me or is that on Sean? The striker or the wrestler? Like, we know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pressure forward and cut you off. But at the same time, you're trying to stay long and use footwork and feints the whole time. You're going to kind of get a boring fight if no one decides to push forward. So that's where I kind of wonder how that matchup would play out. If Marab stays disciplined for 25 minutes, how does Sean win? Let's see if the UFC makes that matchup because that would be a, a fun one to watch. And I hope they do. Um, Korean Zombie Man retired. Very intriguing moment because this guy, he's been a, he's a pioneer. I think he hit the first twister in the UFC uh, or WEC, whatever. He's one of the first twister guys. And to come out and always put it on the line... I feel bad for those two years that he lost when he went to war for his country. Of course, it's a very noble thing. I'm not saying he should not have done that. But it's very unfortunate that we lost two years of zombie in the octagon after he had that fight to Jose Aldo for the title. And it was a very competitive fight back then until his shoulder came out the socket. And then that was pretty much the last we saw of him for a very long time. It would be interesting to see what he would have been able to do in, in that time if he actually stayed in the in the pool the whole time and competing with everybody. Now, he's done. He's off, man. And I just want to say thank you, Korean Zombie, for all the great fights and the great memories, man. Walkout entrance, iconic um, zombie fights with just this intensity and this ferocity, just like ferocious, ferociousness. Just He's just the, he's the guy. He's a fighter's fighter. And, uh, he will be missed. Of course, 
you know, he got into that zombie mode, took a chance, pushed forward. And I feel like we've been seeing a lot of these counter crosses or overhands that have been putting guys out when they get over aggressive. Myself, uh, JP, um, against McGee, um, now Zombie and Holloway. And there was one more that we had, I had just saw. Um, it was a quick one. Mm, I don't know. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's been so many fights, but we've been seeing a lot of these cross counters where guys are pushing in, the other person's getting the head off the center line, or they're stepping back and intercepting. And I think we're going to start to see a trend where people are going to have to be a little bit more patient. They can't just wade in forward. Ah, that's when you get caught. You know, another one that reminds me, Jessica Andrade versus um, Zhang Wei Li. And I think Yao Shanan, both those fights, I think she did the exact same thing where she got caught coming in being overly aggressive. Aggressiveness works when the guy covers up or the female covers up. But when the person is like looking the whole time and kind of waiting and they can set and plant their feet, it's a recipe for disaster. And more than likely, you are going to get sat on that ass or probably knocked out cold. Um, yeah. So with that being said, Holloway showed that he had some, what he said, he had stones in those pillows, those pillowcases this time. And good for him, man. Good win over a savage veteran like Korean Zombie. Now, people are talking about us fighting if I come up to 45 and earning my shot at the title. That's a very interesting fight. I mean, I'm not ruling it out, but it's also like, that's Max Holloway, man. That's that's a fight I need to make sure I, I am more than well prepared to to be up for. That guy does not quit. We know how he scraps. He brings that energy, man. So I got to be ready to go. I can't afford to be making any mistakes in a matchup like that. Yeah, he might not be the, the sniper of sitting down on his punches, but he's a volume guy. And I think volume guys are more dangerous because you know you're in for a long night if you can't take them down or if you can't get to the back control or if you can't put them away early. You are in for a long, long night of damage. And that's how Max fights, man. He, he brings... The volume count with punches, spinning back kicks, calf kicks, body kicks. He mixed it up well against Zombie in this last fight. And we all seen his fights with Yair. We've seen his fight with Ortega. We've seen his fight with Volkanovski. You know, if Volk wasn't here, Max would probably still be the champ, you know? Um, so that says a lot. So if I could go out there and beat a guy like Max, that that's, that's crazy. But, you know, I've trained with him before in the past. <clears throat> it's just weird. Like, 45, there's guys I've trained with. I've trained with... Um, Brian Ortega I've trained with Max um, Then you got Giga Chikaze And Taporia I've never trained with those two guys But they're Georgian I'm like I don't want to fight either one of those guys Because of the, the relationship with Marab I know that would get very awkward And I feel like secretly uh, I don't even know Like I, I feel I don't know I don't know where the loyalty would go. I really don't know. I have to ask Morale, like, which way you rocking with, bro? I know you probably say one thing and your heart probably feels another. So I don't know. It's uh, It would be a very weird and tricky situation. So I, I would rather avoid a situation like that unless I were to fight a guy like Max or Arnold Allen or um, I don't even know who else is there in that top five. Calvin Cater. I don't know. If I fought and beat, happy to beat one of those guys and then I fight for the belt, I think the situation is different. If I had to fight... One of the Georgians, it's a different situation. But it's also still a thought, man. 
if if I can't beat these guys at 35, I think it's going to be tough for me at 45. Or maybe I get a fresh lease on life. Maybe the weight cut is hurting my performances when I rehydrate. I I I don't know. It's I I can't put my finger on it. Um, but I do think I perform differently in the cage, a little bit more conservative than I do when I'm training and sparring in the room. I think I'm a lot more free, and maybe because I'm heavier, and there's less consequences because the shin guards, the headgear, and the seven ounce gloves versus the the, the shin bones, elbows, and the smaller gloves. So I don't know. I got to figure out where I fall into that category and um, talk with the team. But for right now, I have no desire to even – I'm just talking potentials. This is how hypothetical is. I, I don't want to add stress to my life right now. Like Right now, I'm stress-free. I don't think about anything fighting-related outside of being a, a fan right now. So I don't have to think – Oh, this person might be trying to punch me or anything like that. So it's kind of cool and chill to be on the other side of things uh, for right now. Hey, babe. <laughs> um, Blanchfield, she had a great performance against Talia Santos. Obviously, a lot of people thought that she actually beat Valentina Shevchenko. But it was a very close and competitive fight. Uh, I don't know which way. I feel like I leaned towards Santos in that one when they were giving the decision. I saw that Valentina won. I mean, I'm not mad at it. It was a very close fight. Um, but Blanchfield, she's a dog. I do think she takes a lot of damage, though, when she's trying to pursue her takedowns and just push you against the cage, do some damage, and drag you down to the mats. I, I think that could be problematic if... She gets hit too much too early. But then against a girl like Santos who wasn't able to capitalize too much. Like, she won the first round, but then the second round, you could kind of see the pressure of Blanchfield kind of just just weighing on her a bit. And from there, I think it made it a little bit more difficult for Santos to land those powerful punches and really do any significant damage that can continue to keep Blanchfield at bay. And we saw what Blanchfield does. She does what she does best, and she, she keeps the pressure on until you present her something, and she looks for that submission quick. Um, she's tough. She's durable. She's young. So she could put her body on the line like that for, for now. Um, I would be interesting to see. It's going to be interested, interesting to see what they do with her next. I feel like she has to get the next shot after Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko in the rematch. I don't think there's anybody else right now Um who falls in line to get the next shot. Unless I'm missing something, um, I would have to look at the, the rankings again, but I think Aaron Blanchard has been active. She's been winning. She just beat the number four girl in the world. And Santos, she has to be next. I, I just can't see how anyone else could leapfrog her unless she were to get hurt. Knock on wood, don't want to see her get hurt. But great performance. Uh, like I said, I, I, I do think it takes a little bit of damage, but it's a fight. You know, you're not going to come out of every single fight unscathed. Usually it's nice when you're a grappler because grapplers tend to take less damage because we're doing less trading in the pocket, um, less standing up and looking at each other and exchanging strikes. We're more so pursuing the takedowns. We're striking with a purpose, with the end goal of either getting you to the cage to clinch you up and then eventually getting you down to the ground, inside trips, takedowns, singles, doubles, all that good stuff. So... Yeah, I just have to point out the things that I seen that I noticed. That could be something that her opponents might actually be looking at. And uh, again, she's young, she's durable, so she could get away with it for now. Obviously, Father Time is going to be undefeated. I don't know how long she plans to fight, but I think she's 
a future champion for sure. And we'll see if she can make it one of one when she gets her first fight for the belt, if she can seize that opportunity and become a champion on the very first shot that she gets. I think she can. She's that talented. I think she's really freaking good. Uh, next up, I saw Mighty Mouse in Vegas, ran into him at the outlets. Me and the lady went to go do a little shopping, a little retail therapy. But um, it was cool. I, I We're pulling in and we see this guy head out. He turns. We're pulled up behind him trying to like, we're like, yo, bro, hurry up and park. They're reversing in. Taking his sweet ass time, his wife was driving. <laughs> um, as she reverses in, he turns his head. He looks, we make eye contact. I'm in the driver's seat. And I go, I squint. I go, babe, are you seeing this? Is that Mighty Mouse? And she's like, oh my God, what are the odds? I'm like, yo, I don't know. What are the odds of that? So I'm like, oh no, I, I wind the window down. He he winds the window down. He starts laughing. I start laughing. I look at him. I was like, what are you doing here? I was like, no, 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 no. I'm parking right next to that ass. I got to have a few words with this man. Uh, so we we parked, got out the car. We talked a little bit, and it was cool. I I, I did have to break his balls. I'm like, yo, bro, why are you always coming for me? Why are you always coming for me on social media? I'm like, come on, man, I'm black on black crime. I'm trying to do what you did. I'm trying to be great, you know, some black excellence. Uh, but we had a really good conversation, talked some business. We talked about my fight, obviously. And um, we talked about the first round. We talked about the second round. He was like, dude, I knew you saw immediately once you threw that strike and you stepped into that line of fire. He's like, I knew you saw right away that you fucked up. I was like, yeah, I saw it. I knew it when I threw it. I saw something else and I misread the timing of when Sean stepped and obviously the rest is history. And he was like, yeah, if you just stuck to what you did the first round, yeah, it would have been a boring ass fight. He was like, I like pretty much was saying that I like that you said that you acknowledge that, you know, and you analyze and you accept and understand everything that happened. And, uh, he's like, yeah, just being patient. And, um, that, that, that he thinks would have been the, the game changer in that one in terms of the outcome, uh, and forcing him to come to me. We talked about some Muay Thai stuff, a little bit of the clinch game and possibly working with each other. We made fun of Henry revealing DMs because that's just like, he's such a he's such a clout chaser, that guy. Henry Ciuto, if you're watching this, you are such a clout chaser. Bro, come on. I know we're not like best friends or anything, but why does everything have to have a camera in front of it? It's like the weirdest thing is, that's why we had like a little altercation in Vegas and people thought we were staging it. Because he said something along the lines of, like, let's wait for the camera. I was like, yo, bro, this is not a fucking game, dude. Like, you think everything is about, like, yo, let's wait for the cameras to do this and, like, stay. Like, nah, dude, we're actually fighting. Like, we can shake each other's hand and whatever, like, but we don't have to wait for cameras to kind of, like, build up or hype the fight and try to sell wolf tickets. Like, I don't know. That, it, it, could, it could be a little weird with that type of stuff um, that I've noticed over the years with him. But he's a good dude, you know. I, we, you know, I smoked with him, hung out with him at his house. Um, that one time we did that video with DC. Um, but yeah, I, I had to break his balls about that. I was like, yo, dude, what's up with your best friend, man? Your boy is such a cloud chaser, dude. What is up with that? He was like, yeah, yeah, hit me up. He was like, <laughs> he jokingly said, like, I won't show your DMs or your text messages. I, we both just had a laugh. I, I thought it was cool. Um, he's got so shout out to his his brand, um, Quantum. I think Energy Bars. It's like caffeine, caffeinated energy bars or whatever, something like that. 
he said he's in a couple stores or pretty much around the U.S. So shout out to him for that. I told him about the Funk Harbor and told him I'm going to send him a bottle. He said he'll buy and support when it drops. Just let him know. Uh, so we exchanged numbers and everything and just talk business, talk shop. Um, what it, what drives him and motivates him to still keep fighting? A fight with me interests him still. Otherwise, he's kind of like, eh. And I, I said, I know that sentiment of what you're saying. I was like, this fight with me and O'Malley, I was kind of, I'm kind of getting to that point in my career where it's like, I want to have fun fights, fights that get me excited, fights that get me scared, nervous. Um, that I know, I was like, yo, this is dangerous. I got to go out there and prepare and be the best version of myself, because I don't want to just be going out there with these guys that I have no real like interest in fighting. Because then it's just like I'm in there, and then that's how you get hurt. That's how you get knocked out. That's how bad things happen. Like, obviously, this is the best way we can make money, easiest way I can make money based on what my pay rate is now. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be getting in that cage and locking those doors without having your head on correct and intact for the right reasons. You got to be doing it for the right reasons. And that was one of the main things that we both stressed, what he stressed to me, um, especially at his age. I was like, yo, bro, this shit hurts, dude. Like, I don't bounce back and recover as as well as I did when we were both in our 20s. It's just not the same. I'm 34. I think he's 36. We're not fossils, but we have a lot of fight years on us and from wrestling as well. So, yeah, that was a cool thing, man. So, shout out Mighty Mouse, man, and his brand Quantum. And I think he has something else in the works that he's working on. Um, and we talked about possibly cross-training with each other. So, we'll see. Henry, move over. I might be stealing your best friend, but <laughs> I might be stealing your boy. I might be stealing your guy. Um, what was I going to say? So the other thing, I might be competing in Polaris, guys. I got to see about the UFC clearance first and see what the situation is with that. It's going to be at the end of September. So my thing is, I want to make sure that, I can, and I spoke to my potential opponent already on, on IG. I'm not going to tell you guys who it is yet, unless he already revealed who it is. But I told him, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to be training. Like, I'm on vacation mode. I'm going to be drinking. I'm going to be out of shape. I was like, I don't want to cut that much weight. But at the same time, I want to compete. Um, still kind of keep the nerves and everything in, in that mode. But I want to compete against someone that will probably be in the same weight class, 145. Um so it, it's going to be fun. And I, I just told him, I was like, yo, I, I want to make sure. Like, yeah, I'm coming to win. So, yeah, I might not be training, but I'm definitely coming to win. And I think grappling is one of those things that's second nature to me. So I, I get a couple rolls in here and there while I'm on vacation. I think I'll be in more than good enough shape to compete. Um, the last thing I want to do is look like complete crap. And I told him, that. I was like, dude, if I'm not going to be in any type of shape, whatever, I'm not going to do it. But... I think I can definitely squeeze in a couple training sessions here and there, get the weight down, and then come over to Wales and compete for the UK, the UK fan base or the European fan base. I, I keep saying UK and generalizing everyone and associating them with the UK. I gotta start saying European, the European fan base. And yeah, so that's that's like the tentative schedule right now for that. Go and see what the UFC says. Um, gonna head back to New York. Either tomorrow, Monday, I got to fly back. We got a fundraiser, the Brian Moore fundraiser, um, cop that died. He's from Plain Edge. Um, going to be doing like a golf outing. I'm not going to be participating in the golf. I'm just going to go there for dinner, shake some hands, kiss some babies. Um, 
And then after that, Wednesday, we're going to head over to Parks Casino in PA. I got the return of both my brothers, Troy Sterling and Kelvin Sterling, fighting for Cage Fury September 1st. And then we got Lem Lem, a.k.a. Anthony DeLemme. That's actually his real name. Fighting September 2nd at Parks Casino as well. So I'm going to be working back-to-back events for Cage Fury. So if you guys are in PA, make sure you pull up and show some love to your boy. Uh, after the scraps, just know we're going to be taking some shots. So... Come hang, have a good time, positive energy only. And um, yeah, as always, man, thank you guys for supporting, man. I don't see if there's anything else we didn't touch on. Oh, potential travel schedule. So I'm going to be bringing my some workout gear, not too much, because this is going to keep me from wanting to work out too much, more so than vacationing. Uh, we're going to go to Australia. We'll probably land at like 6.30 in the morning. So... So you guys in Sydney, after we get there, we'll be doing a couple of meet and greets with the UFC. We're going to travel the coast a little bit. Not the coast, let me not say that, but we're going to explore Sydney a little bit, take the lady out, because I've been there before. I did want to go to um, Cairns, but to fly there and come right back, that might be a little tough to do, but I'm going to see if there's something me and her can finagle, because I would like her to see the Great Barrier Reef, but that's like a whole day adventure um, to fly there and then to fly back. It's a lot of moving parts, but we're going to see. I would like her to see one of the wonders of the world. And then from there, we'll watch the fights on that Sunday. Then that Monday, we're going to fly out to Bali. Bali MMA, we'll be training over there for a little bit, but for the most part, it's going to be more vacationing than anything. And then we're debating if we're going to go to Italy or Thailand afterwards to kind of finish up the trip. And then from there, we'll fly back to the States come back for a few days, get ready for Polaris or um, the UFC Fight Pass Invitational. One of the two we're going to do, just depending on, you know, that money, baby. It depends on that bread. And I like competition. Um, after that, we compete in that. We're going to have, like, a two-week break. We're probably going to try to go to, like, El Salvador, go visit her country because she hasn't been there in a very, very long time since she was a kid. And then... I think we might hop down to Jamaica for a bit. We're going to see. We're going to try to do like a little balance of like a Caribbean kind of thing or um, Latin America, Caribbean kind of thing. And then from there, we'll probably head over to Dubai, then Abu Dhabi or Abu Dhabi, then Dubai. And then Rebecca's birthday is at the end of the month. Um, so after that, we're gonna, we just got to see where we're going to be. And then we go to Mexico on November 4th. <laughs> so we got a wedding that we're going to go to probably in Cancun. Uh, not probably. It's in Cancun. I didn't want to say where it was, but it's in Cancun. We're going to be in Cancun November 4th for the wedding. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, shout out Dre Berry. And then we'll be back for MSG, UFC MSG. We should have two or three guys fighting on that card. And then after that, I think we'll start to get back into like the groove of like training or maybe we might take one more week vacation somewhere tropical. I don't know. Well, the, the opportunities are endless right now. Like I said, this is the most fun and most relaxed I've ever been in a long time. Not having to think that I got to do PT. Ah, uh, I can't get too hungover because if I if I have a crappy PT session or if I have too many crappy days in a row, then I'm going to be behind schedule and then trying to get ready for a fight camp. No. I don't got to think about any of that. I'm going to be working on my rum brand. I'm going to be working with Nerd Focus. Um, who I have a shared equity with. So guys, 
support um, Nerve Focus on Amazon.com or check out NerveFocus.com and then see where you can actually pick up the product. Uh, you support them, you're supporting me. And of course, Funk Harbor, like I said, we got a couple things with the label we want to clean up. Um, make this a little bit cleaner with the font and text on the back and the story. I want to share an authentic story with you guys. And then from there, we are off to the races. So shout out Funk Harbor. Shout out Nerd Focus. Thank you guys for always supporting. And don't forget to like, subscribe, tell a friend. And let's all be friends. I look forward to making my return. But for now, we're going to enjoy life. Cheers. Peace.